up, guys? Welcome to episode 47 of the Brave Birds Pod. We've had this many. Yeah, dude. Oh, it's been so much We're fun. Trucking. It's been and so we've much had, fun. We've only what missed two weeks, two or three weeks. We've had we've had a couple weeks off. That's about it. So we're we're approaching our year mark. It was like two. Well, it was like a week or two before uh, NFL started. Well, Matt Olson is married. What? Yeah. Oh, he is married. Oh, okay. Yeah. Alex said so, and okay. she's the boss. Uh, That's true. Yep. But let's go ahead and get on into it. Since the all-star break just ended, we are kicking off with the Braves. Uh, I'm just going to recap the weekend real quick. Let's see. We've had a three-game series against the Angels. One series, but we still don't know how to close out series. So we lost the third game. And then we're playing the Phillies right now. Uh, lost last night very badly, 9-1. to one. I don't know what's wrong with Ian. He just does not know what he's doing on the mound. I hope he can figure it out and kick it back into gear and be the Ian he was in the playoffs last year. Because he went eight hits, seven earned runs, two strikeouts, three walks. But on the side of pitching, Steve Jackson Stevens looked really good. He went uh, 3.1 innings pitch. He only let one run in, but it wasn't an earned run because it was an error. And then he had five strikeouts and two walks. So that's a good sign for our bullpen. And then Acuna was really the only one who did anything, which is good because he's kind of been on a uh, slump lately. He had two hits and one RBI. Or hey, sorry. You love to see it. That was, you love to see it. That was actually the loss to the Angels was when he <laughs> – I was just talking about the loss to the Angels. When we lost the Phillies yesterday – Riley had two hits. Zune had three hits, which is actually his first time he had three hits this year, which I'm surprised about Zuna, but then again, at the same time, he ain't doing too well. It was a pretty good game. The first inning was just a joke of a game because there was three errors for the Mets, which scored three runs, and then we let up two runs off of a very, very awkward spin on a bat that was on a ball that was hit straight to Olsen. I think you mean the Phillies. No, no, the the Phillies hit the ball to Olsen and the spin that was on the ball literally hit the ground. It was headed right for Olsen and it literally took like a 90 degree angle turn. It was the weirdest bounce. Most insane spin I've ever seen on a baseball. So they scored two runs on that. Yeah, you can't even fault Olsen for that one. The ball hit right in front of him, and then he, like, just took a 90-degree turn. I was about to say, like, literally, I thought, like, oh, sweet, Olsen's right there. Hit the ground, bounced right to him. He's playing it off the hop. Freed will be at the bag to get the out. Literally hits the ground and does the complete opposite of what you ever would think would happen. So, can't get mad at him of that, but we did go... Uh, Freed ended the night, six innings pitched, nine hits, three earned runs, eight strikeouts. He left the game in the sixth inning with a four to three lead. And sadly, Minter came in and gave up a three run bomb and got the loss. So we lost them four to six. I just explained the loss we had to the Angels when it was one to nine. That wasn't a fun game at all, but good news for Stevens. He looked really good. Games one and two against the Angels were great. We won eight to one in game one. 
scoreless into the seventh because we were facing Shohei, and then Charlie Morton was doing well. But once we got into the sixth inning, that's when our bats decided to say, let's get it. Um, Arcia had... Arcia, Olsen, and Azuna all had home runs. Arcia with three RBIs. Olsen had two RBIs. And um, Shohei had six runs scored on him in the sixth inning. So I love seeing us do that against the AL MVP. Uh, Morton, like I said, he had six inning pitch, seven strikeouts, three walks, and two only allowed two hits. And Dylan Lee got the win because... Morton got pulled after the sixth inning. Dylan Lee went in, and then bottom of the sixth is when, or, wait, yeah, yeah, because it was a home game. Bottom of the sixth is when Dylan Lee came in, and or as when we got all our runs after Dylan Lee pitched in the top. But two and two so far after the break, facing the Phillies right now on Tuesday the 26th, and we're up 5-0, which is huge, especially against Aaron Nola. So we'll talk more about that next week. Um, otherwise, the rest about the Braves, we're second in home runs still, fourth in RBIs, fifth in hits, first in team strikeouts, which is beautiful. I love seeing that stat. Um, Kyle Wright is in sole lead of wins in the NL with uh, 12, and he's one behind. He honestly should be tied with Verlander, but that rainout game screwed him over because he got pulled out. Only after going four innings, and you need five to freaking get the win, technically. So, he should be tied with in first in the MLB, but we'll take first in the NL on win, second in total MLB. Um, And then Freed's right behind him at 10. And he should have had 11 after last night, but Minter had to let up three on home run, which can't get too mad about because he's still one of our best bullpen pitchers. Austin Riley is making Austin Riley is making a very good case at MVP. Ever since the All Star after the All Star break, he's had one game where he hasn't had two hits, which was the Angels when we lost to the Angels. Otherwise, he's had over two hits in every other game. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's been doing really well lately, right. and I mean he can continue to make his case. Oh yeah, he's got two. He's got his batting average all the way up to two ninety four. Um. His on-base percentage up to 356 and his OPS up to 487. 111 hits, 28 home runs, which is third in the MLB, second in the NL. And then he has 25 doubles and 63 RBIs. And then another really cool stat with Austin Riley and Olsen. So they both are on track for 86 extra base hits. As of July 23rd, uh, Riley and Olsen are both tied for the NL in extra base hits. And they're both on pace for 86. Like, the fact that we have the two leading extra base hit guys are crazy. Um, otherwise, since June 1st, the Braves are 35-11, and 11, which is best in MLB. We are five and a half runs per game, which is best in the NL. We are 89 home runs, which is best in the NL, 3.14 ERA, which is best in the NL, and 465 strikeouts, which is best in the NL. We're hot. Yeah, we're doing great. 
going back to where you said the extra runs or the, the extra base hits. Yeah, extra base hits. We had the leader in that last year too, didn't we? No, we had the leader in RBIs. Yeah, last yeah. Year. Duvall was leader in RBIs okay. last year. Yeah, yeah. But still, it's the fact that as long as we get people on base in front of Riley and Olsen, we pretty much have a guaranteed run. <laughs> Especially if we have two outs when they get up there. Yep. But that is it for the Braves. We'll keep y'all updated as, of course, the season goes on. All right, so we're going to do a couple questions later in the episode, but because we are talking about the Braves right now, I want to bring one of the questions up right now that we have later. Trade deadline's coming up. We'll talk about it more as it clo- as it approaches. Who do y'all think is the best fill that we need? Like, what's oh, the... Otani. <laughs> yeah. So, I was gonna say Angels Shohei. already said they aren't looking to trade him. Okay, well then the best available person is Juan Soto, who is yeah, we're not the best available person that I feasibly think we are going to get. Oh, yes. Solaire. Give me Solaire. I want... I, yeah, I would take Solaire. I would take Jock in a heartbeat. I want Jock back. And we could definitely use an extra outfielder after Duvall's out for the season, mm-hmm. just for depth. But if I had to choose between Solaire and Jock, I would take Jock, just because Jock's been going off this year. Yeah. So I really want if Ian since Ian has been in a funk all year, I and Soroka's not getting back this year. Right now it's very late September is what people were say speculating. So I he'll not be he won't be ready for playoffs. So I don't think he'll be playing this year. And with Ian's funk and Charlie Morton not doing the best. I mean, he's starting to show up as the old Charlie Morton, considering he went six inning pitch, seven strikeouts, three walks against against the uh, Angels. I think we need to find another starting pitcher. So I agree with you uh, on pretty much everything, and I think starting pitching is certainly where we need to fill a spot, especially without Soroka. Maybe this is some personal bias, but for me, I, I think maybe one of these Reds pitchers, like Tyler Mal, Mal, Luis Castillo, I uh, mean, a- any of these guys that are, you know, th- throwing an under 3.0 ERA and are able to go five, six innings with no issues, especially with our bullpen, we just need to be able to get through five comfortably mm-hmm. and we will be fine. Yep. And another like, thing. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. You were finishing your thought. So the the reason why I'm kind of thinking this way is because my brain is thinking in terms of playoffs. I'm where we are right now. I am not super worried about not making playoffs. So my brain is thinking, okay, what do we need when we get there? And obviously starting pitching is, you know, our general strong suit to get us going in the playoffs. And I think, have think don't think we'll have a problem in the divisional round. We have fantastic starters that can play, you know, four or five games. That's not a problem. But when we go into a seven game series, the way that if we can not have to use a bullpen game, I, I think that's where our strength is going to come in because almost everyone else has three guys, maybe four guys that can go, you know, every couple days 
and are kind of locked down for a series like that. Mm -hmm. But if we can have four or five, I think that's going to be our biggest strength to not have that. And if we just have one extra guy that can go five without giving up like four runs, I think we'll be, we'll be solid. Mm -hmm. Uh, If we have an advantage of a game, if we have a free game where we're not having to go against, where we're not having to use our bullpen, but we're having to play somebody else's bullpen that may not be as strong. I think that we that's a free win for us. Mm-hmm. But even if we do have to do a bullpen game, we have such a good bullpen. I think we'll be okay. But yeah, I just don't want to waste arms. Exactly. That we would need for game six or seven. And at the same time, like I, I was listening to uh, another, the it was, they're called the battery powered podcast. They're a part of the Braves association. And I was listening to them and they made a good point about once playoffs comes you don't really need a fifth starter. I want the fifth starter because um, for the rest of the season, like we're going to need a fifth good starter the rest of the season. So if, like, if we're in the tight race that we are right now, two games behind the Mets, we need that fifth starter to get us hopefully a win and get slingshot us into or even a better lead over the Mets once we get in front of them. And otherwise, once... The playoffs come because you have two days on, you have two games, one day off, two days on, and then your first starter is ready again for that sixth game if need be or that fifth game if need be because he'll have six days of rest. So you don't really need that fifth starter. But what if Ian Anderson is starting, he lets up four runs in the first inning, we can bring that other starter from the bullpen and have him go for the others for six innings and not have to worry about, oh, crap, because Ian's doing bad. We're going to use the rest of our... We're going to, like, tire out our bullpen. We can bring that fifth starter in the day that one of our starter pitching gets bad, and he can take the rest of the innings and be fine, and we won't have to worry about it. So that's the only reason why I want another starting pitcher for that reason. Otherwise, yes, we need another bat in the outfield. Rosario, I think... I. I don't know why we're not playing him every game right now. I mean, uh, yeah, he's a lefty. Yeah, they they don't want him to play against lefty pitchers, but he's the NLCS MVP. Give him a chance. Let's see if he can hit it now because he has eyesight again. Ever since he's come back, he's had like maybe one to two games where he hasn't had a hit. Especially with Duvall out, we should be starting Rosario at least every three out of four games. If you have to rotate one here or there, like that is what it is, but he needs to be playing a majority of the game. Exactly. Question: when, when did the news break that Duvall was going to be out? Wasn't it um, two days ago? Maybe. Yeah. yeah, it was this week, right? Yeah, yeah. and he's yeah. out okay. season ending season ending surgery on his wrist. So okay, he'll yeah. Be out so for the I, season. I do think that it's going to Snitz filling it out, kind of seeing what works, what doesn't, right? Um, but I, I think he'll get him into the lineup. I think that he he's probably along the same. I'd be great if we're not the ones. We're not the mastermind that won us the World Series. We're not Alex Anthopoulos, and we're not Brian Snicker, the the guy who created the, the strategist and the the guy who actually enacted the plan. So maybe he's got mm-hmm. a, a different idea. I do think though that we're we're in the majority by saying that we'll see a lot more of Rosario with D- Duvall out now. Mm-hmm. And then um, more info on injuries. Kirby Yates has been doing rehab starts. Yates pitched one inning on the 24th, uh, two strikeouts, no hits, no earned runs, 
no walks. So good. He did well on that. I I don't know what his... I know he has 30 days from the 23rd to get pulled back up. So I say we'll probably see him end of August. And then otherwise, as um, Albies is scheduled to return last week of August, the first week of September. Maybe a like second week of September or so, but they are like they wanted the last first week of September to be the latest return. But I mean, coming back from a broken foot, they didn't want to. They don't want to be risk anything, because apparently that if you can re- easily re injure that, so hopefully Albies will be back September and be there for August or for the postseason. Good. Love to have him back. We obviously miss him so much. And he's been a like in the past, like last year, he missed like two games all year long. So it's been sad mm-hmm. to see him miss a few games so far this year. Dude, he's so fun to watch. But that's all I that's all I got for the Braves. And then we talked about we just talked about the question. So let's move on to the rest of the MLB. Where do y'all think Juan Soto will land? I'm gonna have to go with the Padres. I think they could really use the depth in the outfield. Um, they're in contention and have been like the past few years. They just need a little extra to get over the hump to beat the Dodgers. And I think he could give them that edge. And I think the nationals would be more keen to trade it to someone that they don't have to see all the time. Yes. Yeah. I agree with you there. I agree. And they are able to pay him. The Padres have money. Yeah. And they're like, they have Fernando Tatis coming back. So they've got, a pretty good shot, especially after they kind of cleaned house last year uh, with the turnover, both in management. And I think they also got rid of a couple players. I can't remember. I don't follow the NL West that much, but I I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever if the Padres make a grab at Tatis and then try to go for that first for that number one spot in the NL West. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people or there's been speculations about him going to St. Louis as well. But oh yeah, but the uh. The Nationals want four top prospects from wherever he goes. And I don't think St. Louis has that. I definitely think the Padres might. I can find out more because I have connections to the Padres minor league teams. But, yeah, I I definitely agree with you. I think he will end up in the NL West, either the Dodgers or the Padres. Uh, no, 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 not the Dodgers. I, I really, I, I don't think that, and I really don't hope for that. I don't hope for no. it either, but it's the Dodgers. They'll spend any type of money to get better. You're right, but I don't... I don't know. That's two giant trades, or two giant acquisitions, contract acquisitions in one year. Right? They'd be yeah. taking on... They have Freddie for years to come. And they're probably going to have to sign Juan Soto to a similar deal. If not, more money because he's so young. He's 23. Mm-hmm. So I ooh, I, I am really hoping he goes to the Padres. <laughs> um, but just like from a monetary standpoint, you are right, Zach. Like it, it's every other team you look at and you say, oh, no, they went, they don't have the cap for that. They wouldn't spend that money. But the Dodgers and the Yankees would go over it in a heartbeat for the oh, best yeah. players. And then a lot of people are also speculating the Mets to get him because the Nationals don't care. 
So apparently the Nationals are trying to the owners trying to sell the team and the GM's not even going is apparently going to like leave. These are speculations, not 100% sure. So they don't even care if it's the same division or not. Cuz I was thinking I was like there's no way the Mets are going to get him, but then I heard speculations about that and I was like crap, maybe they will. Cause you know, you know, Stevie over there doesn't care about money either. Yeah, Steve Cohen's. A, uh, I I won't swoop that low, but you're right. You you hit it on the head. I I'd be surprised though. I just looked up the. I don't know this off the top of my head. I had to look up the name of the Nats owner, Mark Lerner. I would be very surprised that he's going to sell the team. I mean, he's very old, so it's pro- he's in his 90s, so the team's going to get passed down in his family. But they just like, it's 2022. They won a World Series three years ago. So I, I I don't know, man. I mean, even if they're not doing that well, and yeah, they got rid of Bryce Harper and they might be about to sell Juan Soto, profits got to be decent for them. So that's that's interesting to, just to hear they don't care. The, the Steve Cohen, the, the, that, the Mets talk, I've, I've been hearing that as well. I, I mean, I'm not sure, though. I, for, I, I haven't. You, it sounds like Zach, you were a lot more optimistic. It's going to happen. For what I've heard, is that the Nats don't really want to move him that much in division. No, I hope not. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't want to keep facing him. But yeah, I'm very curious of where if he'll end up anywhere, if he'll get traded before the deadline, or if he'll get traded at the end of the season. But honestly, to me, it just seems like the Nats don't care anymore after that 2019 win. Because they, they just got rid of everybody. Bryce Harper, Max Scherzer, Trey Turner, and now Juan Soto. Like, what Harper are they doing? The yeah, they got rid of Bryce Harper before the win. Yeah, Harper wasn't even on the team. Yeah, he wasn't on the oh, team. He, he, wasn't. Get, he doesn't even have a ring. Yeah, he yeah. sucks. Yeah. I hate Bryce Harper. He I still sucks. don't know why Bryce they Harper got rid will of never have a ring. He's probably He probably actually is a good person off the field, but for all things, when it comes to Major League Baseball related, I, I do agree. He's, he's, uh, he's, at the, he's at the bottom of the barrel for me. Yep. But yeah, all right. Rest of MLB, AL East, Yankees up sixty six thirty or are in the lead or their record sixty six thirty one. Twelve and a half games over Toronto. Still, I'm pretty sure the AL East is locked up to the Yankees. Um, AL Central, Twins fifty two and forty four. They're only a three and a half game lead over the over the Guardians. Do y'all think the Guardians can take overtake them? What do you think no. the twin, Twins are going to no. keep it? I think the uh, Twins I, are too consistent. Do I think I, that they could? Sure. I don't think that they will. I think the Twins I, are way too consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yep. I, I think I said last week that I was like pulling for the Guardians, but I, no. I agree. Artie is right. The Guardians is a long shot, even though the, the numbers don't show. You were pulling for the White Sox, Will. Oh, we're talking about the same division. Yeah, the White Sox are in this division, right? I'm pretty sure. How many games back are they? Was it, uh, they uh, were like four... Five. They were they were tied with Cleveland last week. Okay, yeah, and, and I I still stand by that. I still okay. Then I I I still like the Twins are consistent, but if there's a team that's going to top them, I don't think it's the Guardians. I think it's the White Sox. Yeah, so Guardians the White Sox are have so many good prospects, and they're supposed to be so they're supposed to be at the top of their uh, standings, but they they're struggling. And I think if they get everything lined up here, like like think about it, they're only half. We're only halfway done with baseball. If the White Sox can figure it out, they can easily catch the Twins. But if the Twins stay consistent and they don't pull a Mets, then, yeah, it's Minnesota's division to lose. Mm-hmm. Or, excuse me, it's Minnesota's division to keep. Yep, and the White Sox are four games back. Guardians are three and a half. So, very tight race between three. And I agree with y'all. I think Twins will keep it. 
Um, then we'll move to the West. Astros 64 and 33, 12 over Seattle. Yeah, Seattle's been hot, but so is that. So have the Astros. I don't think Seattle's catching them. I will never root for I, Seattle. I or I will I, never root for the Astros. Seattle's oh, will win this. Yeah, I was, I was, just, I was I like, oh, I was going to say win. that I really want Seattle to. I want Seattle to make the playoffs. They were very close last year. Um, all that needs to happen is for Artie and I to talk trash about them, and they'll just go off again. Because yeah, yeah, that's we were, exactly what happened. Because we were in we were in Seattle for the Fourth of July weekend, and I I remember looking at Artie on the train and be like, "Yeah, the Mariners are terrible. They haven't won anything forever." And the next day, I look up like the next week. I think Artie might have been the one to tell me. He's like, "Yeah, Seattle's on a double digit win streak." I was like, "No way." Yeah, we got them. We we brought them their success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and just as you can obviously tell, and it's very normal for me, I am going to be rooting for the underdogs for most of these divisions going forward. Except for the Braves. We're not the underdogs. Oh, absolutely. And True. speaking of the Braves, moving on to the NL East, Mets are 59 and 37. They have a two game lead over us right now. We're both playing right now. They got the Yankees. We got the Phillies. We are winning. Yeah, uh, so are the Mets, sadly, three to five. We're winning five to one. Yep, so NL East, Mets are up 59-37 over us, two games. We'll get it. We still have 12 games against them. And two of the stand- home stands are at home. We do have a five-game away or a five-game series against them at home at in New York. And we have a doubleheader, so that's going to be an insane series. Um, NL Central, Brewers 53-44, and 44, two games over the cards. That's a tight race. I don't know who is going to win that one, especially if rumors of true and Soto does go to the Cardinals. That'll give them more of an incentive to be able to overcome the Brewers, but I think the Brewers are going to be able to stay and keep that two-game lead. I'm going to have to go with the Brewers only because I said them earlier in the season and someone made fun of me when they had a slow start. That is true. Accurate. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if I did make fun yes, of you. you. No, you made yes, fun you of me. Did. What did I say? I think I made fun of Zach. No, yeah, I think he was me also... and Zach both picked the Brewers. And you picked the Cubs. And, hey. Yeah, and you're like, the Cubs are going to destroy them. And the Brewers started out like 1-9 this season. And you're like, they're trash. They're trash. And okay, then first they've off, been on fire since then. First off, that's, that is no, that is not verbatim what I said. You're saying that I picked on you, right? You know I don't do that. Okay, unless unless it comes to blows and fall. Unless it comes to no, no, no. Don't even act. Artie, Artie, back me up here. Don't even act like he's the victim after we've been listening to him go on about Kansas and the Jets for the past two months. When's the like last time I accidentally or like I actually said something about them? Early Uh, July. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Rhett. What did I say on Saturday? Did I talk to y'all on Saturday? Not in like group chat, but you texted it in the like you didn't do it on voice, but you definitely did it in the group chat. Yes. You know secondly, what I believe it. Secondly, that is probably true. I probably did say that the Brewers are trash. But in that argument at the beginning of the season, it was uh, me Saturday and... at ten thirty two AM. True. Jets suck. Rhett Harper. <laughs> so Rhett I have no memory playing... of this, but I believe it. 
Yeah, stop playing the victim card, Rhett. And I know for a fact that when I was talking to Zach at the beginning of the season, Zach and I were going back and forth between the Cubs and the Brewers yep. about their lineup. Because Zach mentioned, did you mention, uh, what's his name, Her- um, Harrison Bader? Yeah, uh, no, because he was their closer. Uh, Yelich, I mentioned. Yeah. And yeah. I know, I know there was a lot I mentioned, but. Yeah, let's not get it twisted. We're not going to all agree with each other. Don't take it as us bullying you, okay? <laughs> like you bullied us about the Jets. Don't get mad at us, right? With the Jets are sick. All right. He's Don't get jealous. mad. He's, He's jealous that he doesn't follow a team that's that yeah. sick. Right. Right. I need you to pack your bags, Rhett, because it's almost time to take flight. Anyways, back to MLB. All right. Under the West, Dodgers, 64 and 31, 11 and a half games over San Diego. This is depressing. It San is. Diego. San Diego was so close for a lot of the season. Oh my god! They they and were then neck the and neck. Took off. Honestly, you know what happened? I think Freddie got closure coming home, mm-hmm. and, and it has just exploded since then. Yeah, it's like the Avatar. He didn't have anything yeah. weighing over his heart anymore. Yeah, yeah. He got it all out. Uh, you know, looking at the Braves at home, and then. Since then, just took off, and San Diego just couldn't keep up. Can I just say, it's funny that we, like, just because of the emotional ties, we're sitting here talking about Freddie Freeman like Matt Olson isn't just hitting bombs every single week. Oh, no. Matt Olson's awesome. He's amazing. Yeah. And, and like, I I think it was was this past weekend, someone said, someone said in in one of our our texts that, um, they're like, man, I really, I really wish that Freddie was doing that with us. And then I'm, I'm almost positive that either later that night or the next day, Matt Olson hit another home run. And I, I, I remember looking at this, the score. I was like, I, no, no chance. I don't, I wouldn't, for the situation we had, I would not trade in a heartbeat. All right, those are the standings for MLB. Uh, got a couple of player stats for the rest of MLB coming at you. Artie, I'll let you take that one over. Yeah, so we actually had a little bit of a shakeup this week. Uh, currently, just like last week, Luis Arias is still sitting atop the MLB in batting average at .341. Per usual, Aaron Judge is leading MLB in home runs at now 38 after tonight. Pete Alonso has now overtaken Aaron Judge uh, for the... MLB lead in RBIs at 82. Uh, good old Freddie Freeman is leading MLB in hits. Like I said, he has taken off since playing the Braves, and he is now sitting at 120 hits. John Bertie leads the MLB in 28 steals. Now, that is one shining light for the Marlins that we don't see too often. Uh, per usual, as we discussed earlier, Justin Verlander, unfortunately for the Astros, uh, is leading all of MLB with 13 wins. Uh, Kyle will catch him. I'm convinced. Uh, Shane McClanahan is currently leading the entire MLB with 1.71 ERA, which is insane. Taylor Rogers and Josh Hader are now tied with 28 saves. Jansen is in third, but he missed a couple games, so that's okay. And then Dylan Cease is currently leading all of Major League in strikeouts at 154. Now, there are plenty of players for the Braves that are super close behind that. Uh, but these are some stats for the MLB this week. Yeah, we have 
what, four pitchers over 100 strikeouts. No other team has over two. Yeah, that's why we're like, first in strikeouts. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. And, yeah, I feel like Jensen would be close to them if he wasn't didn't go on that 15-day IL. But, I mean, can't do anything about a irregular heartbeat, so... Yeah, but, you know, Despo is for confidence. And for me, as just a blanket baseball fan, it's good to see that a lot of these guys aren't all on the same team. Like, mm, sometimes yeah. you'll see one team that is just that much better that just overtakes either every hitting stat or every pitching stat. But, you know, honestly, I think every single player on this is on a different team, which I think is fantastic. Yep. But that's all we got for MLB. Um, we have some breaking news in NFL. So, Rhett, I'll let you take that. Okay, so have a little bit more news out of the NFL this week than uh, the prior weeks because of training camps are back and everything. Julio Jones has now signed with the Bucks for one year. So that is terrifying for us Falcons fans. <laughs> so seeing him pair up with Tom Brady, but let's just hope it's the same Julio that we had the last few years where he doesn't get touchdowns. He will. I know. We're so we're so screwed. Um I at least I now know I'm not drafting Mike Evans in fantasy cuz Julio will take some touchdowns from him. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. They still have Chris Godwin, right? I have to look. I don't think so. Yeah. Yes, he's still there. Yeah. Oh, My he, God. Yeah. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Julio Jones is your wide receivers. Like, that is so, wild. That's terrifying. So is this, so like, this is literally an upgrade, not even a replacement. This is an upgrade from um, Antonio, Antonio Brown. Brown. Yeah. yeah. And I think his size will take over some of the loss of Gronk not being there. What is with Brady being able to entice some like it's like Hall of Fame wide receivers late in their career? It makes perfect sense. He is the greatest. If he's you want to, if like if you want to play, don't think for a second that the front office is in charge. Tom Brady is the front office. He's the front office. He's the back office. He's the offensive oh, coordinator. Oh, he's and they have Russell Gage. God. <laughs> Yeah, this one's going to be interesting. Uh, I do find it hilarious how Tom Brady just always steals Falcons players because he took Sanu a few years ago, and now he's going, or now he has Gage and Julio. Uh, I could see Ridley going there next year. It'd be interesting. Okay, on to the next one. Chris Carson retires, longtime running back for the Seattle Seahawks, had a neck injury that wasn't healing well and just said he wanted to focus on his health. I completely respect the call. So good for him. Um, Danny Amendola retires, two-time Super Bowl champion with, I think both were with Tom Brady in the Patriots. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, so good for him. And then the 49ers finally make it official. We've all known it has been coming for two years now since they drafted him. Trey Lance is officially the starter. The GM, head coach, and... Garoppolo all met together and Garoppolo was interviewed later and he said, I know this is Trey's team, all that. So at this point, I genuinely think it's just a matter of time before Garoppolo finds a new home. I was about to say, so where do y'all think he's going to go? Uh, whatever team has a quarterback injured in the first few weeks. Other than that, the only team that I could see <laughs> trading for him would be the Seahawks. 
I I don't I don't know actually because it, the Seahawks are about to be in a giant rebuild. Like the Bengals have been in the past, like the New York teams have been for the past twenty years. Yeah, like yeah, the, the Jets. Broncos have been. See, this is why you are. See, you can't. Ever no, you said New York teams. You said it. I agree. I realized I opened the door. That doesn't mean you have to kick it down. Okay. You throw um, the ball up. Okay. <laughs> what do you so, expect to do? So, I I don't think the Seahawks are going to sell much for, um, for, yeah, are going to give away much for Jimmy G. I I they have DK Metcalf for now, and they have. Geno Smith. That's it. They don't have the they don't have the Legion of Boom defense. They don't Tyler really Lockett. have. Oh yeah, and they, oh yeah, and they do have Tyler Lockett. So Kenneth Walker the third. Yeah, and there's a question mark to be made there. I I mean we obviously saw how he did at Michigan State in college. He's a rookie coming into the league though. Is that going to pan out? Is he going to have a good enough first year? That I, I don't think they're going to make a trade for him in the beginning. I mean maybe and they have maybe, Rashad Penny. I don't know who that is. And that Noah Fant. How do you? Know oh, I Noah? forgot. I forgot Noah Fant was part of that trade to uh, from the Broncos to the Seahawks. Yeah. Yeah, I. I still like. I don't. I don't know how, what their offensive line status is looking like or their defense. I mean, like, like I said, like the Legion of Boom's not there. They drafted Charles Cross, and they still have Kyle Fuller as their center and Damian Lewis as guard. Uh, their their offensive line's not great, but it's certainly upgraded getting Charles Cross. Uh huh. So I mean, maybe, but I think if the, I think if the Seahawks start off hot, which they won't, they're playing Denver Week One in Monday Night Football. Um, then I then maybe they'll they'll make a trade for Jimmy G. But I I I don't know. Jimmy G's probably gonna go to another team. He's I don't think he's gonna stay out west. Yeah, and I think that covers it for NFL. So I'm gonna pass it on to Will for rapid fire. All right, let's do this. You know the rules. You got 10 seconds. Let's go ahead and start. Will Aaron Judge break the Yankee single season home run record? It is currently held at 61, and he is at 37, 37 as of today, July 26th. Is that including the home run he hit, Zach? No, I 38. Do not believe so. He's at 38, yeah, 38 right now. He's at 38. I'm going to go ahead and say yes. I think he will as well. Barring injury, I'm going to have to go with yes. I think he will. Barring yeah. injury and not having to play against like a great team. There's a lot, there's not amazing pitching in that division. So that's true. The Syrian era is over. However, Aaron judge will remain. Okay. These are the questions I am the most excited for which week one college football matchup. Are you most excited for? Okay. I'll go first. Rutgers, Boston college. Why? Will, I hate you sometimes. I genuinely hate you sometimes. Why did, we, why did I know he was going to say that? <laughs> okay, sorry. You guys all go on. Sorry. No, sorry. Okay, stop trolling. Right. Why? Okay, sorry. Uh, no, I'm not. Dude, the Scarlet Knights. They're a dark horse. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Artie, what's yours? Ohio State, Notre Dame. That's easy. Fair. Easy. Yeah. Rhett? about to say i expected that out of already i'm gonna have to go with oregon versus georgia because i'm gonna get to see bo Nix absolutely okay. destroy uga okay ziggy um yeah i'm just gonna have to agree with rhett to me it looks like it's the only like 
will be good game, even though I think Georgia will win. But it depends on their defense since they have all new. A whole Utah, new Florida could be good. No, Artie, God damn it! Ah, took my pick. Cincinnati, Arkansas could be good. Yeah. Uh, no, so my actual pick. Merce, when is Mercer gonna... beats Auburn, that'll be sick. <laughs> my actual pick is Utah at Florida. That game is going to be electric. This is the most. This is these are the highest expectations that Utah has had in as long as I can remember. I don't actually know a lot, the last time they were relevant in football. Um, we saw their tremendous fight they had against Ohio State in the Rose Bowl last year. I think Utah at Florida is going to be a great matchup. We're going to see if Billy Napier can adapt and take over what Dan Mullen had started. But I, I, I mean, of course, I'm not going to root for Florida. This game is going to be awesome. Utah at Florida is my pick for for week one. All right, which week one college football matchup are you most excited for? No, no, okay, no. never mind. Hey, sorry about that. Let's go ahead and just cut that. Zach, when you're listening to this later, wanted to tell you I love you. And back to the podcast. <clears throat> All right, which week one NFL matchup are you most excited for? Ziggy, you're up. I'm definitely going to go with the Super Bowl champs versus the uh, uh, the 2021 Super Bowl champs versus the 2022 Super Bowl champs. The Bills okay, versus what the do Rams. You have? Okay, so Zach is choosing the first game on the slate. You got the Thursday night football matchup, is that correct? Yes. All right, I am going to go next and follow that up with the last game for the first weekend, Monday night football game. Broncos versus Seahawks. I want to see what Russell Wilson can do. I am excited to. Who baby, those tickets are expensive. Yeah, they're right. crazy. It's his so return. So I'm excited to see what's possible. Literally, first Artie. week is the return to Seattle. Yep. Artie, what you got? I am going to be pretty excited for uh, Green Bay, Minnesota. I think that will kind of kick off who wins that division. In my opinion, whoever wins that first game will win that division, and I think that's pretty exciting. Other yeah. than that, uh, it'll be nice to watch Joe Burrow kick the shit out Pittsburgh again. Oh, yeah, d- definitely. I'm sure you're excited for that. And Rhett? I mean, there's a lot of exciting options. Bills-Rams Bills Rams will be a great game. Browns coming to face Baker Mayfield will be another great game. Uh-huh. Um, Broncos-Seahawks will be a great game. But I have to go with the Ravens absolutely destroying the Jets. Okay, we'll see if that happens. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, yeah, good luck, Rhett. Good luck. Okay, it's it's about time, Rhett. You better start packing your bag now, because it's about. Yeah, time you're just jealous because you're not a mother lover. Uh All right, so that's gonna wrap up rapid fire for the week. Uh, we will have some more questions for you in the coming weeks. I hope this got everyone a little taste of uh, what we have in store, because it is almost the end of July, gentlemen, which means it's almost time for football. Next week episode is going to be August. Woo! Woo. Yeah. Let's do this. So, We're getting there. All right. This is for episode 47. Like, subscribe. Thanks for listening.